to EPRI Unplugged, the podcast of the Electric Power Research Institute. I'm Amy Mills, and today you're joining us for the very first episode. We're thrilled you found us and hope you continue to follow EPRI Unplugged as we go behind the scenes to speak with some of the people producing EPRI's research. And speaking of which, today I'm joined by EPRI's president and CEO, Mike Howard, as well as Ron Schof, program manager of EPRI's technology innovation program. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Our topic for the first episode is power system transformation. EPRI recently released three white papers on flexibility, connectivity, and resiliency, and their importance to the electricity grid. So, Mike, if I could start with you, talk a little bit about how these three things became a priority for EPRI. Well, we've at EPRI, we have been looking at the challenges of making sure that the industry can provide safe, reliable, affordable, and environmentally responsible electricity really from the very beginning of EPRI 44 years ago. But certainly over the last um, probably at least 10 years, uh, we've seen a significant uh, advancement, a, vari- a variety of technologies from generation, delivery, to the use of electricity. And all of these technologies together have created this really a a whole new way of looking at how we generate and use uh, and deliver electricity. And that together is, is what we're referring to as the transformation of the power system. And when I talk about power system, I I mean that to be everything associated with generation all the way down to the use of electricity. And in taking a closer look at what is essential to ensure that we continue to provide society with safe, reliable, affordable, and environmentally responsible electricity, there were three things in the research that we've been doing that kind of popped to the top. Uh, And those three things are flexibility, connectivity, and resiliency. And by flexibility, uh, what we mean by that is it's not just flexibility in how we uh, generate electricity, but it's also flexibility in how we deliver electricity. For example, we're seeing that the uh, variability of renewable energy is causing our generation fleet to ramp up and down in ways that we really never thought about when they were first designed a a few decades ago. Uh, Likewise, flexibility on the delivery of electricity. The power system is designed as a one-way power flow, but now with generation being on all sides of the power system, then we need to think about flexibility in terms of the delivery in a two-way power flow. So flexibility is one of the key things that we identified a few years ago, and then we wrote a white paper on that. The second is connectivity. And what connectivity means is really the connection of all these devices together. Uh, It is critically important as we have a more flexible and a dynamic power system that we also have clearer understanding of all the pieces and how they work together, and all of those pieces have to be connected, whether it's through uh, sensors that allow us real-time visibility of the system, and then we have communications that pull those sensors together, and then we have analytics that analyze all the data from these sensors. Uh, But all of that together provides a highly connected, uh, a highly connectivity of a system that we we weren't envisioning even uh, 20 years ago. What has enabled that, though, is really the technology 
that has been developed over the last uh, about 10 years, whether it's sensors, whether it's communications, and data analytics that all comes together to create a more connected system. And finally, the third thing that we identified as critically important is resiliency. Uh, our digital world now relies on 24 by 7 uh, electricity. And with many of the things that we've seen over the last few years, uh, the black swans that can occur, the system has to be able to take on and absorb and, and, and deal with these, really these black swans, uh, and then continue to provide reliable electricity uh, to all consumers. And what that means is that we, we need to think about the power system in a way that it can, you know, we, it can continue to operate uh, in a way that when you have these serious issues that occur, low-frequency events but can have significant disruption to the liability of the system, we need to think about how can we design it in a way that will be more resilient so sometimes I use the, the term, it takes a licking and keeps on ticking, mm-hmm. uh, to refer to a more resilient system. And we've done a lot of good work over the last several years, whether it's looking at uh, uh, power lines or transmission towers or resiliency of, a, of one of our generation fleet when it has a major component failure. How can we overcome these disruptions and quickly get the system so that it's restored uh, and delivering electricity to to society. So those that's a little bit of the background on what got us to where uh, we are today with these three uh, white papers that we recently released. In addition to that, there's some many other white papers that EPRI has uh, published, the Integrated Grid, uh, Capacity and Energy paper. Uh, so these are just this you know other examples that are so critically important to to what we do in trying to further. Um, inform the public debate around these uh, very important issues that uh, uh, around electricity. Well, and when you talk about resiliency, I've counted up, there must be at least six devices just in this room. So we're coming more and more dependent on our devices. So right. more and more important. Um, and Ron, as leading the technology innovation program, you're looking at early stage R&D and how those technologies support the changing power system. What are some of the challenges you see the industry facing in the next three to five years? Yeah, when we think about technology innovation, we tend to focus on technologies further out than the time frame you just mentioned. So we tend to think of the 5 to 25-year time horizon and what are the challenges that we're going to be facing as an industry uh, in that, that longer time frame, uh, issues like uh, climate change mitigation. How are we going to uh, find economy-wide deep decarbonization um, uh, for all fossil, u- use, fossil fuel usage. When we look in a nearer term, I think we're seeing a lot of advanced technologies that have been developed over the last decade or two, uh, from solar PV to wind energy, energy storage, uh, home energy management systems, or just energy management systems in general, uh, the evolution of microgrids. So we're seeing a lot of technologies that have been tested uh, deployed in certain circumstances, maybe some in large amounts, solar energy, as uh, we have over 100 gigawatts of installed capacity of solar energy in the globe, whereas 10 years ago we had a fraction of that amount. So I think our nearer-term challenges are really going to be focused on adaptation and integration. So adaptation means our, we've the system has come together over uh, 130 years in a particular way, and you've kind of got comfort with 
generating electricity from central stations like uh, fossil and nuclear plants and delivering electricity, as Mike mentioned, in one direction to customers uh, without a lot of sort of dynamic operation. As we look forward, I think we see these new technologies changing the nature of how customers interact with the grid and how that how that affects the system from a planning and operations point of view and from an economics and markets point of view. So we see, from terms of flexibility, we see technologies that allow us to provide more environmental responsibility. We have uh, wind and solar with uh, zero carbon emissions that offer real opportunities from an environmental point of view uh, that offer some flexibility challenges. So as we think about how we manage that variability, the kinds of technologies we think about would be advances in inverters, so smart inverters that uh, presently aren't being used in the grid but will be, as standards are developed, allow those inverter-based devices like solar and wind to provide more grid services. That speaks to the integration aspect where we can find additional value grid-wide with that kind of uh, uh, two-way connectivity to the grid. Uh, as we look at connectivity, advances in electronics and communications technologies have got us to the point where we're expecting, like Cisco projects 21 billion connected devices uh, by 2018 worldwide. So you're talking about 21 billion devices that are capable of communicating, connected to the Internet and capable of communicating potentially with one another. That offers a lot of opportunity as you can imagine, for deploying sensors in power plants, through the power grid, and other parts of, of um, our economy. The idea, though, that we need those devices to be able to talk to one another is, is critical. So in the next three to five years, we're starting to think about what is the open standards-based communications architecture that facilitates that communication of devices with one another. That is a real challenge. As we see those devices evolving, it also begs the question of how are we going to maintain a cyber-secure communications infrastructure? And I know that's something that uh, we have been focused on for a long time at EPRI, both cybersecurity and physical security. Um, and that kind of speaks also to the resiliency question where, as Mike mentioned, we have uh, the potential for weather events, geomagnetic disturbances, electromagnetic pulse issues to, uh, to affect the operation of the power grid, but it goes even further than that into how can we provide more resiliency to, um, uh, to, to blackout type events with the um, evolution of more distributed energy resources and microgrids. So in the next five years, I think we're focused on integration and adaptation. And maybe I'll throw this out to both of you. What are some of the most important technologies that you see in the future? As we look beyond, let's say, five or, or plus years, um, there, there are several important technologies um, that we are engaged with here at EPRI, we're working on. Uh, some of the things that just kind of come to mind is uh, some of the work that we're doing on advanced materials. Uh, just about everything that we do, from the generation, delivery, to use of electricity, um, involves some type of material. And we want to make sure that material operates under a variety of different conditions uh, as it was designed. And so we're doing a lot of work on high temperature materials. Uh, if we can increase the temperature and pressure of our fossil fleet the, based on new advanced uh, maybe nickel alloy materials, then um, we not only improve the efficiency of those uh, plants, but we also reduce emissions. 
And so certainly one of the things that we're doing is uh, looking at some advanced materials. Also, advanced materials can be used to help uh, capture carbon, CO2. And so we're looking at some work there. Another um, advanced materials is in the use of power electronics. It turns out everything that, you know, all of power, uh, all electric vehicles, uh, inverters, and we rely on uh, technology that's referred to as power electronics for many of the things that we do to condition and use the electricity, especially in the in-use side. All of that is based on new materials, and so we're looking at at some of those as well. So I I think um, as we look beyond five years, some of the key technologies uh, is around the use of materials to do a variety of different things that we need, whether it's generate electricity more efficiently at reduced emissions or deliver electricity um, that is uh, 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 with increased uh, efficiency uh, and using elect- use how we use elect- like in, in power electronics using inverters and also uh, materials that's used in uh, energy storage as well. So those are some of the things that we're looking at at EPRI and I think is going to make a, a very significant difference uh, as we look post uh, five plus years. Well, and a little bit of an aside, but you both mentioned the inverters, and EPRI recently teamed up with UTK on a Google Little Box Challenge. Talk a little bit about that. That was a really neat uh, endeavor. Yeah, that's that's a pretty innovative approach uh, that Google had working with IEEE to formulate a challenge that they put out to the research community at large. And the objective of that challenge was to uh, to specify, generally speaking, what they wanted, which was a, a, a power inverter, one-tenth the size of current inverters that you would put in your house if you had solar panels on your roof or energy storage system in your garage. They wanted to shrink the form factor by the size of one-tenth by using advanced materials and advanced design methodologies. They were able to, uh, to use that challenge approach to get over 800 entries. Over 150 of those entries had quali- were qualified for further testing. Uh, they narrowed it down to about 18 finalists, of which EPRI and the University of Tennessee at Knoxville were, were one. And uh, they last week at the RPE Energy Innovation Summit announced the, uh, the winners. Unfortunately, EPRI wasn't a winner, but we were uh, really impressed by the process by which Google was able to generate innovation. Uh, one of the things that the, the um, program manager from Google mentioned was that they, a- they estimated on average between 1,000 and 5,000 development hours per entry that went towards designing an inverter that was totally different than anything we have on the market today. Um, and so Mike mentioned power electronics. Our, our uh, design used gallium nitride, uh, an advanced material that we're starting to understand a lot better and was, was able to facilitate that shrinking of the system. So I think it's, it's innovations like that. It's, it's identifying a need that's it's emerging in the power system and then figuring out creative and innovative ways to sourcing that innovation um, to, to just unlocking this potential that we have uh, throughout the industry with, with really smart people. This is a perfect example of where EPRI is helping to enable a technology innovation. Um, as we look to the future, just like we have in the past, everything is getting faster, cheaper, and smaller. Um, you can look at your cell phone as one example. And going forward, this inverter, which fits between the solar panel and the grid, uh, is also going to become smaller, faster, and cheaper. And it's based on power electronics. 
And so at EPRI, we're, we're very, very pleased that we can work with leading universities, leading researchers, technology innovators, and bring some of our ideas with their ideas to really solve an important problem that we're facing today globally. And building an inverter that fits between the solar panel and the grid is just one of many, many examples that EPRI is pleased to be part of. And as we get ready to wrap this up, I think we'd be remiss to not mention that this really was, these papers were a broad collaboration across EPRI, really extensive research. Mike, what are you hoping is the takeaway from this body of so, work? So our expectation from, from these papers, which can be downloaded by going to, um, to our website, www.epri.com, is to help uh, inform the public debate around these important issues, flexibility, connectivity, and resiliency, plus other papers that we have on integrated grid and, and capacity and energy paper, to, to help inform the discussion around why is flexibility important, uh, why do we need flexibility, and what, is it, what does it mean? How do you define it? Uh, same thing with resiliency and connectivity. And so uh, we, we spend a tremendous amount of time writing these papers, and we want the public and other industry stakeholders and regulators and others to spend the time to take a look at it and help to inform the public debate. That's part of our purpose in existence. Uh, it's to get the science and technology out there, get it applied, get it used. So then, uh, in the end, the, our expectation is the continued fulfillment of our mission, which is to ensure that society has safe, reliable, affordable, and environmentally responsible electricity globally. And we'll need to wrap it up there. Thanks to you both for kicking off EPRI Unplugged. And as Mike mentioned, you can find all three of the white papers on our website, EPRI.com. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, we're shaping the future of electricity.